This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Good morning. Welcome to Community Connection. We're halfway through the week, so congratulations on making it there, you know, this winter. Um, Some days you can call it winter and some days you can call it summer. Some days you can call it spring, but we've been getting it pretty good. So I'm glad you all are hanging in there. And today we have with us Michaela Weiss. Weiss or Weiss? Michaela, I should have clarified. That's okay. It is wise. It's a little deceiving. Yeah, it is with that, but I'm like, E-I, well, I think that is why. Okay, so she is the Program Coordinator for Advanced Care Planning at Carl. She's been on the show before, but good information and, you know, looking at the beginning of the year, starting the year, the year Michaela, um, you know, information that the public needs to know. So thank you for taking time to educate us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I'm happy to be here. Before we start, um, you know, and dive into the topic, Michaela, I think you have a great background and, you know, tell us about how you came to be where you are today. What was your interest and a little about your career? Oh, yeah, I'd be happy to. So, oh, let me think of where to start. Well, um, well, first of all, I've been with Carl um, since about 2014, had the privilege to serve in many different roles, but kind of grown over time. So, I started initially at the bedside over in the hospital as a hospital social worker. So I really got to have a great experience working one-on-one with patients um, and really seeing kind of how advanced care planning, um, there was space for that to grow. We really needed more of that happening. And so I had the opportunity a few years ago to transition over to the advanced care planning department. Um, But prior to that, I've really been interested, I mean, social work, And serving others is really something that I've been dedicated to my whole life. Um, My mom, she did social service type work. She worked with adults with disabilities and adults with mental illness. So I was really exposed to that since a young age. And I just, it's where I feel comfortable is serving others and being able to help them. Um, So I'm glad I've kind of found this specialty area of advanced care planning where I really feel like I can help make a, a deep impact and impression on people's lives. So... Mm-hmm. So what, Michaela, what is advanced care? Yes. So I get this question a lot because not not many people know. It's kind of still a new and evolving type of service or thing that we do as, you know, adults. And so a lot of people say, you know, what does advanced care planning do? How does it help people? Um, so really, I try to just explain it as simple as possible. It's really advanced care planning helps people to take charge of their health care it helps them think about what's important to them in regards to their healthcare. So what's important in their life? Um, What are their values, their preferences? What treatments may they want or may not want if they were unable to speak for themselves? And then also thinking about who in their life do they trust to make these types of decisions for them if they can't be their own voice? You know, I think about who would I trust to make these decisions and carry out what my preferences are if I'm if I'm not able to do that. Mm-hmm. So something that's very important, and you know, as you're saying, um, typically when you need somebody to be that advocate for you or to speak for you, it's because you can't do that for yourself. So you know, if, if you if you wait until you're in that situation, you probably have waited too long. 
Exactly. And I love that you use the word advocate. That's another really good way to explain it is having that person who knows what you want. And, you know, they're a designated individual and um, they are informed of what your choices are because it, medical situations can happen every day that we are not prepared for, you know, a car accident or maybe like a stroke or a heart attack where we could not be able to speak for ourselves for a little bit. Um, and so it's important to have that already in line. It's kind of like insurance. You have it and you hope you don't have to use it. But if a situation comes up where you need it, you definitely want to have that. That's a great way to put it. I like that because you're exactly right. It's there if you need it. You know, you hope you don't need it, but it's there in case you do. Let's take our first break and then we'll come back and we'll um, talk further about the subject. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Community Connection. Today we have Michaela Wise. She's the program coordinator for advanced care planning with Carl and she was just explaining what advanced care was and um, Michaela, you know, I've, I've been in a couple situations if I think about the last six months working with a couple of elderly people and um, these are difficult conversations to have, you know, and, and trying to coach a couple of my friends. How do you bring up the subject? How do you go through the subject? But um, a great example is a friend's visiting and she's going to be leaving in a month. And um, the one of the nurses that's coming in says, well, what happens on the day after you leave? Great question. We need to think about that, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people might be nervous to talk about this subject or to kind of go into this territory because it takes self-evaluation. You know, you really have mm. to reflect on what's important to me? What do I want to happen? Um, you know, who do I want to make these types of decisions for me? And what are what are those decisions? It's not often that we have the chance to really just carve out some time or pause. We're all so busy all the time where we get to just kind of sit down and reflect on, you know, if I had a good day, what would a good day look like to me? What things would I want to be doing? And I need to communicate those to that advocate or that designated healthcare agent so that they know if something happens to me and I'm not able to do those things that are kind of on my must-haves list that you know they need to make some choices about um, my care and going forward how to get me back in alignment with that as much as possible so really like you said being prepared for what comes next mm -hmm. very deep conversation so how, how do you even start I mean how do you prepare a person to to talk about this yeah that's a good question so these conversations can really happen anywhere. They can happen at the dinner table. They can happen with grabbing a coffee with a friend and just going to a coffee shop or having someone over, you know, you're watching a movie with your family and something comes up on the screen. There's so many medical shows out there now. You know, you see something and it's as simple as saying like, if that happened to you, what would you want me to do? I've done this with my dad, myself, when we're watching TV together um, and just said, you know, that situation kind of strikes me. I wouldn't know what you would want if that happened to you. And then just kind of trying to get little bits of information over time. That's a really good way to do it. But our program also has services available for this. So we have uh, employees who work really hard. They go through several hours of training and certification in order to actually sit down if someone wanted to have help 
with this discussion. They can kind of be that middle person who helps bring up the topics and encourages the conversation, kind of gives prompts to get dialogue going back and forth. So we have, you know, different options for that. We have in-person sessions, we have virtual options. So there's really lots of resources out there in order to do this. We just have to just have to look for them. Mm-hmm. So if I was, if I were a patient at Carl, which I am, by the way, <laughs> I am a patient at Carl, and I, I wanted to uh, get help with this, where would I reach out? Well, the, the easiest way might be to go to um, your primary care office if you are a Carl patient, um, just calling up the primary care office and letting them know that you'd want to have an advanced care planning visit. That's a really easy way to do it. Um, but also another way is just going to our website. So carl.org slash ACP. That's another good way because we have all the resources that are on there. We have information about how to contact the primary care, our virtual sessions. We even have a lot of self-help materials too. Um, we have like some prompts that you can talk about with family and, um, you know, you can just get some information there as well as the form. So if you've thought about this and you're kind of ready to take that next step, Step, or you want to prompt a family member or a friend to kind of think about those next steps, the forms can be printed right off of carl.org as well. Okay. Is there a cost, Michaela? There is not a cost. So that's a really great point. And I, I want to stress that like all of our program services are um, of no charge. So to meet with an advanced care planning facilitator, those folks that I mentioned go through the training process, that's no charge. Our virtual sessions are no charge and really any community member can attend one of those virtual sessions. So you don't have to be a Carl patient. We've had people even from out of the area who said, you know, I just wanted to learn more about this and I haven't seen this type of virtual session offered elsewhere. So could I come? And I'm more than happy to have them on and, and help them the best we can. Yeah. So no cost for that. Mm -hmm. So, Michaela, if we get to the point where we've had that conversation, how do we document that conversation? Because, you know, I'm thinking about my sister and I, she she's or my brother, rather. He lives in Louisiana. I'm here. Um, how do we document these, these conversations so the will of the patient is applied? That is another great question. I'm glad you asked. So there's two um Two primary ways that folks kind of do this. You can um, update or create what's called the Power of Attorney for Healthcare form. So that form is the one that allows you to designate who you want to be your person to make decisions for you. So that healthcare agent or healthcare advocate, um, that is the form that allows you to do that. It also allows you to put down some other preferences as well if you want to, but that's the primary purpose. And really that form is helpful and kind of appropriate for, for any adult, really. It's a very broad document. Um, and like I said, the primary focus is designating that individual. But another document sometimes folks use is what's called a living will document. That is a more specific document, though. So it's not necessarily something that everybody's going to feel that they align with or feel that they need. And that's okay. Really, we try to encourage folks to think about that power of attorney for healthcare form. And then just always making sure that your healthcare provider is informed of what your choices are. So 
talking about this with whoever you see as your provider. Um, if you see any specialists, making sure that they know as well that they have any of those documents if you've created them um, and sharing with your their family and friends. So if someone wasn't a part of that conversation, it's always good to circle back around and just communicate with them that you had it. That way nobody's caught off guard when that time comes. And I know sometimes that can be a little hard to think about um, when we have to share that information, but it's, it's really very helpful. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, when you're in a situation, something is happening, emotions are so high and, you know, if, if things like this are settled ahead of time, you're not stuck with, am I doing what they would want me to do? Because you've had that conversation and you have the paperwork and it's a completed process. Yep, exactly. Because everybody's already on the same page. No one's caught by surprise. Um, mm -hmm. But folks already know what you're wanting. So there's less emotional kind of um, disturbance, kind of less trauma that happens when this planning is done in advance. Definitely. I agree with that. So Michaela, what happens when you don't have all of this in order? Um, and you don't, I, I mean, I, I assume if you're married that it would fall to your spouse, but what if you're not? What if you're not married? What what happens? Right. So that's a, a really good point. And not everybody realizes that. So I'm glad that you kind of you're thinking about this already. So if you don't have a designated power of attorney for health care, the state of Illinois does have a list. It's called the Illinois Healthcare Surrogate Act. And within that act is the list of individuals in a hierarchy of who would kind of be that default decision maker for you. And I always like to let people know when I am talking with them, if they're coming in for a session or even on our virtual option, that um, I share that not to scare people, but just to let them know if that that default person is not who you would choose, then you strongly should consider designating a power of attorney for healthcare. Because, for example, you know, if you have multiple siblings, I myself, I have two older brothers. And, you know, they're they're really great. Um, but would I want them making these types of medical decisions for me for my situation that probably wouldn't work very well? You know, I wouldn't want to have that default kick in there. Um, so it's I just, you know, be proactive about it and try to get it designated beforehand. So you don't have to rely on something and maybe a situation you wouldn't actually want. Mm -hmm. and, and I liked how you said it reduces the trauma because it is such a traumatic experience. I've been in those situations or I've witnessed those situations and, you know, that can that trauma can last forever. So you need, you know, by by being proactive, you're helping yourself and you're helping your loved ones. Yeah, they really are. And sometimes folks may not um remember to update their documents or they want to create them. But I try to give some examples of, you know, opportunities. Tax season is right around the corner. That's a lot of times that folks, they got to do all that financial paperwork anyway. So they also think about updating maybe their advanced directive paperwork or creating it. It's kind of a good benchmark to remember that by um, and just continually be updating it so that it is accurate. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. Well, let's go ahead and take our second break, and we will be back in just a moment. Welcome back for the final segment of Community Connection. We are speaking about advanced care planning with Michaela Wise. She's with Carl, and we've been talking about, um, you know, we just finished talking about a power of attorney for a health care form or a living will. So, Michaela, what happens if you change your mind? 
Um, so, you know, a year, two years ago we did this, but that person's not important in my life anymore or, or, or around to make those decisions. Can you change these forms? Absolutely. Yes. So these are your forms. You're the patient. They belong to you. And if your preferences change or you have a change in your living situation, maybe someone moves out of your life, they're they're no longer living with you and you don't have that same relationship, absolutely update them. They can be updated at any time. I've had some people who have updated them multiple times and that's all right. We are able to, you know, keep track of those revised documents when you turn them in to get into your medical record because that's really important to have them in there, you know, should something happen to you. Um, and we can, you know, make sure that updated one is always the first one that's viewed and you can change the person that you designate as your agent. Anytime you create a new power of attorney for healthcare, as long as it's done properly, it checks all the boxes that it has to have because there are certain requirements for it. Um, as long as it is done accurately, it replaces that old one. So you don't have to worry about, you know, having those multiple versions out there. And really, I always encourage folks that if they are updating their document to make sure that they tell the healthcare agent, you know, who they previously had, hey, I've made a change. Um, I'm going to have this other person be my agent now. That way, the person who you designated before doesn't think that they're still supposed to be responsible for that role. Um, they've kind of been released of that responsibility. And so we really, we really do encourage folks to actually update them because what my preferences are right now probably aren't going to be the same as what they are 10 years from now or 20 years from now. Yeah. And so a document that, you know, I've created in my 20s is not going to be the same, you know, most likely as a document that I'm going to want when I'm, you know, 40, 50, etc. So it's really important to make those changes when they needed. Mm -hmm. So Carl does offer the advanced care planning program. That's what we've been talking about. And, you know, that helps make the advanced care planning decision. So we, we've kind of hit on some of these area, areas, but let's recap it, Michaela. So what does it mean, the advanced care planning program, and how can people participate? Yeah, so advanced care planning really helps individuals take charge of their health care. Um, it allows them to talk about what their care preferences are, as well as make sure that those preferences are documented. And then um, most people end up designating that individual who's going to speak for them when they're not able to do so for themselves. We talked about some of those uh, medical emergencies that can come up. And if those were to happen and it leaves you unable to communicate, you're kind of prepared in advance for who should be speaking for you and you know what it is that you want them to actually know. What choices do they need to be making? Um, and so we talked about you know a couple of different ways that folks can get help with this because it can be a little difficult to try and start the conversation on your own. So we have uh, staff available with Carl in our program who are specifically trained to help with this. And um, they can, you know, anyone out in the community can access these services just by going to carl.org slash ACP and looking at our self-help materials, virtual session options, or contacting their primary care office and, and getting an actual one-on-one -on -one appointment. Um, it's just really important to, I can't stress it enough to actually um, relay this information to the people in your life who are most important to you so that they can be prepared when that when that time comes. 
Mm -hmm. And again, you'd mentioned earlier, making sure that you're having this conversation with your doctor or your medical provider for whatever situation, making sure they're, they are aware of this ahead of time as well. Yep, exactly. Yes, yeah, very important for your, you know, your primary care doctor or any specialist that you see to be aware of what these preferences are because they can then help when that designated person, that agent is talking with the healthcare team when you're not able to do so for yourself. Um, your providers who would then know these wishes can help um, to encourage the individual to follow what those are and help really give them guidance. Because it can be a little bit of a stressful time. You know, there's a lot going on, you're not well, um, and they're holding a lot of information and making a lot of choices so that your providers can help guide them. Mm -hmm. And again, you said this was at no cost and you did not have to be a Carl patient. Right. So for our, um, it's no cost to get an appointment with an ACP facilitator. Uh, we have those, like I mentioned, uh, available in the primary care clinics. And um, so if you're already a Carl patient, it's pretty easy to just call up and get that appointment. If you would be then like a new patient, um, there's some extra steps that we can get done, just making sure we get you registered and everything. So that way we know who we're serving. Um, but as far as our ACP virtual sessions, anybody can uh, sign up for those. And it's not a, any extra steps as far as registering and then using that self-help information as well. So a lot of folks might go to like an attorney um, and that's perfectly fine if that's what you prefer, but maybe that's not an option for everyone. Or maybe you just want to go to a provider that you are already working with. You don't want to have another appointment in your life or another system coming into your life. So just go where you already are. It's kind of a nice way that we're able to serve people. Definitely. And, you know, Michaela, as we've been talking, I've just been thinking, you know, this is a great gift. We've, we've just went through the Christmas season and gift giving is, is a big part of that. This is a great gift to both yourself and your family. Yeah, it really does help as far as, you know, being able to provide them that information and helping them feel prepared so that when that time comes, they aren't caught off guard, that mm -hmm. they know what your preferences are. They don't have to second guess themselves because that can be something that I've seen a lot of um, caregivers struggle with. They just think, you know, did I do the right thing? Did I not? I I think I followed what, you know, mom's wishes were, but I'm not 100%. We just didn't talk about these things. So it's really kind of helping to break that cycle and being able to give reassurance that that agent is making the right choices. You kind of help ease that any question or guilt or um, feelings they may have about being unsure by just going ahead and doing it ahead of time. Definitely. So um, contact information, if somebody's listening today and, and they would like to learn more, what should they do? The easiest way is just to go to our website. So if you go to carl.org slash ACP, um, you can register for our sessions right there. Those messages come to myself and a colleague that I have. So we handle all of those. Also, our phone number is also on the website. Um, or you can send us an email as well. Our email address is on there. So we're more than happy to take those questions. And we call people back. Any message we get, we return that call. Any email we get, we return that. So um, just go to carl.org slash ACP. It's all right there for you. 
Okay, thank you so much. This has been really good information, and we've been speaking with Michaela Wise, Program Coordinator for Advanced Care Planning at CARL. Um, Michaela, thank you for taking the time to educate us, and audience, we'll be back tomorrow. Have a good rest of your day. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.